you. This is Miss Julie. Our week-long fall membership drive is from 9 a.m. Thursday, October 6th through 9 a.m. on Thursday, October 13th. We are seeking volunteers to help take pledge calls, tally people to track funds coming in, and food donors to help feed those hungry and grateful volunteers. Restaurants, chefs, or caterers can find out more about donating drinks, snacks, or individually packaged meals, or how to volunteer by calling me at 813-238-8001 or email Miss Julie, that's M-I-S-S-J-U-L-I-E at WMNF.org. Thanks. The opinions presented on the Healthy Steps show are the evidence-based opinions of Dr. Fred Harvey, the callers, and his guests. These are not the opinions of the staff, the volunteers, or the board of WMNF. The information provided on the show is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. There is no implied patient-physician relationship in these calls. The nature of the calls is educational and informational only. Hello out there, my dear friends and listeners, and thank you for keeping your radio dial tuned to WMNF Tampa. And welcome to the post-Hurricane Ian edition of the Healthy Steps radio show with Dr. Fred Harvey. Today, he's going to give us the lowdown on micronutrients. You're encouraged to participate in this discussion, or if you have any related medical questions, by calling 813-239-9663 or sending an email to dj at wmnf.org. You can also text us at 813-433-0888. And a good Monday morning to you, Dr. Fred. Micronutrients, is it? Most people, if they're anything like me, have a whole alphabet of jars full of vitamins and minerals. It seems that I can't get to my toaster without knocking over a bottle of vitamin A or D or spilling zinc, iodine, or fish oil tablets across the table. And my wife, Elaine, God bless her, if she didn't stay on my case, I'd forever overlook the fact that I should be taking them daily and not just the week before my doctor wants me to go in for a blood test. So welcome back, Dr. Harvey. I hope that you and everyone you love are none the worse for riding through Hurricane Ian, and I'm looking forward to your pearls of wisdom regarding micronutrients. I should turn my microphone on so you can hear me. That's a good idea. (laughs) So, um, yes, uh, glad you made it through, and it sounds like the station did, and I hope um, all of our listeners are doing well. Um, That was quite a fright. Um, I thought I was going to be in the station today because I did not have power or internet at home or the office. <laughs> so this would have been uh, uh, difficult to do, but I'm so glad uh, we got it back. Well, good. Glad to have you on the air, and I'm looking forward to another good show with you, Dr. Harvey. So micronutrients, yes, uh, you, you nailed it. Lots of little trace things that show up in many people's bottles, but you know what? They're all in our food. That's the key. Um you know, uh, we started really looking at what was in our food very recently. Um, the vitamin um, is the term. Actually, it was vitamin, uh, amine because it had nitrogen in it when the first ones were discovered. And so they thought that they were like amino acids. But um, since not all of them are like that, they shortened it and called it vitamin, just a generic uh, word to mean organic substances, uh, essential nutrients from foods, both plant and animal. And, you know, we started looking at it really, like I say, recently. Um, end of the 19th century was the first time somebody made a connection between food and 
um, illness. The vitamin era really began in the early 1900s when they started isolating these compounds from foods and I identified them in the, in the laboratory. And then we started to study these connections. It was 1897 when Eichmann and Greens in uh, Denmark or, or uh, um, Netherlands um, found that beriberi, a disease of, of B vitamin uh, um, deficiency, is associated with rice polish. Um, so rice polish is, is that which comes off the, the grain when you make polish it up to be little white grains. And what they found there was a chemical that seemed to actually stop the symptoms of this beriberi. And uh, eventually, Robert Williams identified that chemical as thiamine, B1. Um, and it progressed from there. Goldberg and Elvaheim um, uh, noticed that pellagra and niacin were related. Uh, Albert Sient Georgi um, um, noted the relationship between vitamin C and scurvy. Roger Williams um, uh, did some initial work on identifying pantothenic acid, B5, and folic acid. And uh, Linus Pauling was very um, uh, instrumental in early vitamin C research. And Dorothy Hodgkin, interesting, the only woman showing up in this list, was very uh, instrumental in B12 research. But this all happened in the you know early 20th century. So it's really only a, a century ago that we really started looking at this stuff in detail. And then we started figuring out that there was more and more and more detail. Um, structure, function, change in each vitamin too. Um, they found that, uh, well, vitamins are not usually used in their original ingested form. They're converted to cofactor forms. Cofactors help things happen in the body. Cofactor, it assists other things uh, going on like enzymes. And um, they coined the term vitamers because enantiomer, it's a big chemical name, meaning different form of essentially the same chemical. Um, so uh, many vitamins have different isomers, um, different forms that actually have function in the body and they can be converted back and forth. Um, there are classes of vitamins. I mentioned it last time, uh, fat versus water, water soluble. And then there's the real issue that, that a lot of people deal with and, and why many doctors will call uh, taking vitamins, you're creating expensive urine because they're water soluble and pee them out. But there's a there's a uh, a gradient um, um, insufficiency deficiency and individual physiology go together. Um, it's it's a gradient. It's dependent on nutritional intake, genetics, current level of nutrition, and current illnesses. Um, insufficiency doesn't necessarily have symptoms, but as it progresses, symptoms usually develop. Uh, we can get adverse behaviors, personality changes, um, and so. The deficiency diseases are likely a manifestation of chronic nutritional insufficiencies or deficiencies, not just missing a daily dose of your vitamins. So, Bill, you can get away with it. You can skip a day, and it's really okay. Okay, that's comforting to know. So, My wife um, would like to know that, too, although she'll still find a reason to encourage me to keep taking them. Exactly. You know, vitamins are different from taking medication because the medication is doing a very specific task that's helping support a process that's not working well in the body. Whereas uh, vitamins are basic structure. You need them to run all the processes. So if you're deficient, you're going to have problems. If you build yourself up with daily vitamin doses, you end up having a level in your body that keeps you nutritionally sufficient, though maybe not optimal, until you get your next dose of vitamin or good food. So how do we really assess the situation related to what we need to take? Um, back in the 40s, um, 
in order to um, make sure that healthy 20-year-old men would stay upright on the World War II battlefield, the government developed through the Institute of Medicine this nutritional guide um, based on deficiency diseases um, rather than you know uh, um, uh, optimal health. And basically what they're designed for is population help, not individual nutritional recommendations. So it's like, you know, they developed guidelines that keep most people upright, not necessarily optimally functional. And then there's the uh, adequate intake. This is a an experimentally determined intake. This, these things have come after the RDAs were developed. And the RDAs actually stopped in 1989 because they're not useful um, other than to start us thinking about it. Um, so adequate intake is another way we can look at what people need. So we have some experimental evidence that says these are the like lower thresholds of what you know, you can live with. And then we have the tolerable upper limit, highest amount with no adverse effects. And frankly, with many vitamins, that there is no uh, upper limit. Some have them. Uh, we'll talk about that a bit. Um, the estimated average requirement meets the needs of 50% of the healthy population. Remember, healthy population. And then from that, um, functional medicine has developed something known as the daily reference intake. It takes all these things um, noted above, you know, the, the uh, RDA, the AI, the TUL, and it puts them together and, and really redefines things. Um, and the Institute of Medicine tried to uh, uh, better approximate real needs. The thing is, though, this is, again, not individual nutritional counseling. It's still a population-based, not individual guideline. And so it really helps with labeling. It helps us understand what's, you know, what's going in the jar or the can, the can. Um, it helps with public policy on, you know, making recommendations about what should and shouldn't show up in a school lunch. Uh, and also policy on industrial food production, because, you know, we have a lot of, um, tasty food like substances that show up in, in packages that aren't necessarily food. And, and they're just basically, uh, uh, put, you know, the labels are there to show us what is actually in the box. It's not necessarily a living food. You know, if you take, flour, you know, wheat flour, and you polish it off and you take away some of the B vitamins and then you bleach it and you take out the rest, you end up with this dead food. And so, you know, putting any amount of, of vitamins and minerals back in it to, you know, put the nutrients in that were taken out is not making it a living food. It's still stripped. It's crap. <laughs> it's not worth eating. We need to go back to whole grains, whole foods, because that's where the vitamins are. And so, um, they also don't address, um, um, optimal health. They, they're not designed for optimal. They're fit to keep 50% of the population upright, you know? So, um, but they really don't address other really important things like environmental exposures, which we get every day. Think about what the environmental exposure is going on since, um, Ian. There's so many things that have um, um, broken, spilled. Uh, the transformer across the street had leaked. They were digging stuff out of the yard and putting it in, in uh, hazmat bags. Don't know what it was, but yeah, there was something like PCBs or dioxin sitting there, and it wasn't a major cleanup, unfortunately. Um, so we also don't understand uh, and don't take into uh, 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 account the digestion and absorption efficiency. People, um, you know, who drink a lot of alcohol tend to have a lot of trouble with digesting and absorbing. Um, genetics uh, changes that. Food intolerance changes that and other factors um, that affect your nutritional needs. Um, you know, you're an athlete spending a lot of time burning calories. That'll affect it. Um, so I think we should have a station break. I'm willing to work that on into the schedule. 
Uh, you are listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. And we're looking forward to you participating by calling 813-239-9663. Greg's in the control room waiting for you. And you can continue to send your emails to dj at wmnf.org or text us at 813-433-0885. And back to our regularly scheduled broadcast. To you there, Doc. Wonderful. So um, I'm going to expand on the vitamins a bit. And um, I'd really like some uh, engagement. So I'm just going to go through them one at a time, talk a little bit about them, talk about toxicities, get through the water solubles, the vat solubles, and hopefully all the minerals that I can today um, and uh, have some good talk here. So B1, B1 is known as thiamine. It is known as a disease deficiency called beriberi, associated with fatigue, um, loss of appetite, weight loss, stomach problems, weakness, um, also associated with um, uh, central nervous system issues, um, may help with dementia. Um, it's definitely a treatment for alcoholic dementia because alcohol uh, excess depletes the body of lots of thiamine. Um, it helps with neuropathy. An activated form of thiamine is called benfotiamine, B-E-N-F-O-T-I-A-M-I-N-E. That one's really been proven to help with neuropathy, helps with mood, depressed mood, fatigue, Toxicity is very rare. Um, doses are usually 50 to 200 milligrams. And um, you can get that in a supplement form, but you can also get it in your food. I'm going to spend some time talking about these foods. Brewer's yeast and Torula yeast that shows up as a flavoring agent actually has a lot of B vitamins. So uh, vegetarians, vegans um, can get some of their B vitamins that are usually found in animal products in their brewer's yeast. Um, sunflower seeds, wheat germ, if you can eat um, uh, wheat, pine nuts, peanuts with the red skins. The red skins have the thiamine. And uh, Brazil nuts, pork, and pecans all have thiamine. And um, I'm listing them in order of the um, um, most um, um, concentrated in, in the foods. So um, these are the ones that um, are the top of the list. And I'm trying to give you a little bit of a variety so you can have some uh, both plant and animal products that can help. B2 is riboflavin. Riboflavin is uh, not uh, really talked about that much vitamin, but has some really important um, use in uh, helping skin conditions. Uh, acne can show up in deficiency or insufficiency conditions. Um, alcoholism depletes it. Arthritis is improved with it. It can help prevent cataracts and improve dermatitis. Uh, deficiencies associated with um, burning eyes, light sensitivity, and thyroid issues. Again, with this B vitamin, toxicity is quite rare. And doses, again, 50 to 200 milligrams. Uh, high uh, um, uh, foods, brewer's yeast again, liver, kidneys, giblets, almonds, wheat, germ, wild rice, and mushrooms. Um, these are really good sources for your riboflavin. Almost no one is deficient in riboflavin because it's in, in so many different types of foods. Um, vitamin B3 is niacin. Niacin is well known. Um, uh, it's been used to uh, as a medication to treat cholesterol. Um, but uh, its deficiency disease is called pellagra. And that's associated with the four Ds, dermatitis, dementia, diarrhea, and death. You do not want to be without niacin. Cholesterol is lowered with it. HDL will be raised. LDL will be lowered. And um, it can even lower a genetic predisposition to high cholesterol called lipoprotein A. Um, but uh, it does have some toxicity. Uh, flushing is its main thing. When you use e immediate release niacin, um, you can get flushed uh, even with 50 milligrams. 
but um, taking it with food, it reduces that. When used in higher doses, um, up to 2,000 milligrams a day for cholesterol, you really should be um, considering um, liver issues because that's where toxicity can come in. And you need to monitor liver um, uh, numbers just like you would if taking a statin because it's a drug and you're at a high dose. This isn't what you normally find in food, uh, these doses. But time-release niacin um, as, uh, in a uh, time-release matrix um, is effective at lowering cholesterol. Um, uh, they made a pharmaceutical called Niaspan, and um, the same company decided not to spend the $100 million with the FDA to get it approved a second time, but they made a better formula, and uh, it has less flushing, better efficacy, and uh, it's it's about one-third the price, and it's called Niaspan, not, I'm sorry, Niavask, and uh, that was really brilliant of them to uh, launch it again to the public because it's very safe, and um, the uh, flushing occurs very rarely when you use the um, uh, time release. Now, there's a couple other versions of, of niacin. Niacinamide does help with joint pain, but it doesn't help much with uh, cholesterol. And uh, 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 it's uh, uh, nicotine, nicotinic acid hexanicotinate um, uh, or chromium hexanicotinate. Um, that is a bound up niacin that releases slowly, but it, neither of those seem to actually do well with cholesterol. I've tried them both. Um, time release niacin is the one. Uh, foods, brewer's yeast again, rice bran, that's the polish, wheat bran, and um, peanuts with the red skin, liver, turkey, chicken, trout, halibut, and mackerel all have good niacin. Um, B5 is pantothenic acid. Um, there's very little chance of deficiency disease because it's in almost every food you eat, um, but it can happen and it can be depleted when you're under a lot of stress. It seems that uh, adrenal stress depletes pantothenic acid. You use a lot when you're making your adrenal hormones. Um, you can get fatigue, but toxicity again with pantothenic acid is rare. Dose 50 to 1,000 milligrams. Foods again, brewer's yeast, liver, kidneys, peanuts with the skin, heart, mushrooms, pecans, eggs, oats, and buckwheat. Oats are my favorite source. And um, B6 is pyridoxine. Pyridoxine is um, a, a cofactor in so many different enzymes. Over a hundred different enzyme reactions require pyridoxine. And it's uh, uh, useful in uh, detoxification of uh, medication, detoxification of um, your own body's um, fluids and 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 uh, uh, um, effluvium from its metabolic processes. And it's also very important in production, production of proteins, production of DNA. And so um, synthesis in the liver is is driven or or helped by the pyridoxine. Um, it converts tryptophan to serotonin, or is one of the cofactors in doing that. And um, that is important in helping sustain a good mood. One of the signs of low pyridoxine is glossitis, a burny, slick red tongue. Carpal tunnel syndrome has been associated with deficiency, but also associated with excess uh, due to uh, its toxicity in neuropathy. Also, it can help with uh, eczema and depressed mood. Um, greater than two grams a day, big dose, uh, can result in neuropathy. 150 milligrams may suppress lactation. So pregnant or uh, actually pregnant women and um, new mothers should probably not take more than 100 milligrams and greater than 100 milligrams per day is um, long term um, liver possibility problems. But so the dose 30 to 500 milligrams, 500 milligrams 
for only a very short time. Uh, 15 to 30 is a, a reasonable range. And um, again, back to yeast, but Torula yeast is one of the bigger ones here. Uh, brewer's yeast also, sunflower seeds, tuna, liver, soybeans, walnuts, salmon, and trout. B12, one of our most important um, vitamins. Uh, everybody has heard about B12, I believe. And uh, it's known as cobalamin. And um, it is so important in so many different areas. Um, so many different enzymes depend on it. So many different processes depend on it. DNA synthesis, the folic acid cycle, which helps with uh, quenching free radicals and helping nerves grow, blood cell growth, nerve health, anemia. Um, um, and so, yeah, if you have deficiencies, anemia, depressed mood, dementia, um, uh, neuropathy, psychosis, um, toxicity, none has ever been reported. And so I often see people come into my office with uh, B12 results that are over the 2000 reference range. And their doctor has told them to stop taking B12. Their level is high. Probably the issue is there's no issue with a high B12. In fact, it's probably better to have a high B12 level because you're going to be supporting all of these areas of great concern. Um, so daily doses... Um, range in my practice and most functional practices between 1,000 and 5,000 micrograms a day, one milligram to five milligrams. And uh, it's this is a, a, a meat-related um, supplement. So you may need to take it if you are actually uh, vegetarian or vegan. You may need to take a pill um, and probably should. Uh, the sources, liver, clams, kidneys, oysters, sardines, heart, egg yolk, trout, tuna, salmon. Not much in the way of the plant world there. Folic acid. Folic acid is another uh, um, really important vitamin. Not that they all aren't, but B12 and folic acid work together in so many projects that they are equal in my mind as being so definitively important for our lives. It is a methyl donor. Methyl donors help with antioxidant activity. They help to quench the free radicals that burn our, our, our tissues. Uh, it protects the brain. It actually is uh, um, uh, preventive for neural tube defects and spina bifida. That's a congenital condition where um, the, the spinal cord doesn't get wrapped well in the bone and there is potentially open spinal cord. It's a terrible condition and you can completely prevent it with um, folic acid in the first weeks of pregnancy. Toxicity is really rare, but it has to be given with B12 because um, a little folic acid can cover up a B12 deficiency anemia and result in B12 deficiency rotting the brain. If you don't know you have no B12, the, the folic acid can cover it up. So it's always important to give the two together. And the dose um, for B12 uh, ranges from 400 micrograms I've seen in some vitamins up to 10 milligrams, 10,000 micrograms, um, because some people really have need to get a jump start on their nervous system and we need to put a little extra on board. Um, sources, brewer's yeast again, uh, black-eyed peas, rice germ, soy, wheat, liver, kidney beans, mung beans, lima beans. So it's beans are a good source of folic acid. Biotin is a cofactor for many different uh, actions, and it's actually um, uh, very important for the production of uh, strong 
skin and collagen. So if you have biotin deficiency, you might have thinning hair, scaly dermatitis, also uh, nausea, um, depressed mood. Um, the brain and the skin come from the same fetal tissue. Skin and brain are ectoderms. So uh, the brain is affected by biotin deficiency. You can get hallucinations, pains, and paresthesias, numbness. Um, toxicity, none has ever been reported. Um, doses range from 300 to 5,000 micrograms. Um, I have seen it in um, 5,000 micrograms in bone health formulas. Not many have it that high. Um, brewer's yeast, liver, soy, rice, egg yolk, peanut butter, walnuts, barley, pecans, oatmeal, and sardines are all great sources for it. Remember, um, these are also posted to the Healthy Steps uh, show website, so you can actually refer back to this. And this information mostly, I just want to reiterate from last visit, um, the uh, uh, source is the clinical nutrition, a functional approach. And we are on WMNF Tampa. Yes, and I'm going to take this opportunity to give our general information on out because I think that uh, for whatever reason, people aren't calling on in. Our phones are darker than my soul. And I'm learning something by basically every paragraph of thought you're giving on out there, Doc. So I'd like to see some people give a call at 813-239-9663. And send emails to dj at wmnf.org or text us at 813-433-0885. And you can participate in the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. And as I've been saying, Greg's just anxious to take your phone calls. Back to you, Doc. Thank you, Bill. Um, I can understand how a lot of people are distracted this week after what we just went through. I don't even know how many people have phone service <laughs> to be calling. And I'm thinking Tampa area has done a little bit better than farther south. But uh, we could all use some vitamins and minerals to get a boost this week, I'm sure. Vitamin C is next on the list. And vitamin C uh, was first uh, noted to cause scurvy back um, they didn't know it was vitamin C, but they realized that um, uh, being away from certain foods or having certain foods would actually prevent it. So the British became the limeys because they put limes on their ships for all their sailors because it prevented them getting scurvy on those long trips. Um, but you can get vitamin C in a lot of different places. Um, but fatigue is usually the first sign of scurvy. And then you start to get bleeding gums and bruising and slow wound healing. And you start to lose teeth. You get more infections. You get heart attacks from it. Toxicity, it's safe. There is no problem with vitamin C. The only problem is um, uh, in your gut. If you uh, get to a too high a dose, you might get some laxative effect. But you can prevent that to some extent by slowly building up. Most people can't tolerate over six or 8,000 milligrams orally a day. I've given as much as 100,000 milligrams, uh, 100 grams in an IV to help support people going through very serious health challenges. Um, but, uh, you know, the big question you're always going to hear from your primary care doctor, your urologist, oh, my word, kidney stones, kidney stones. Well, they have done several studies that proved Vitamin C does not cause kidney stones, so don't worry about that. Um, what it does do is give you some health. 
And the best place to get it is Acerola cherries. Uh, I don't know if anybody here in Florida has a nice, nice Barbados cherry in their yard, but a couple of those a day is uh, well over your RDA and well into the DRI because Acerola cherries are the first fruit that we found had the highest concentration of, um, of uh, vitamin C per gram of flesh. Um, and then uh, we came along with these others that have different antioxidants, and 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 so we got all these berries now that are the 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 fad foods. But honestly, um, you know, we don't need that because red chili peppers are the second highest uh, in in vitamin C content. Guavas, red sweet peppers. So the red peppers are the ones you want. Parsley, kale, collard turnip greens, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, mustard greens. You can get vitamin C in all your plants practically. So it's something that, um, you know, on, on ships 200 years ago who had no storage, um, you didn't get fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, so you didn't get vitamin C. So those limes uh, uh, dried out and kept a while. You could actually um, uh, get some benefit there. It looks like we have some callers. Well, absolutely. We got bingo that time. We lit up the boards. I've got Brian, Jim, and Roberto. So let's go to Brian. What have you got for us today, Brian? Hello. Hey there. I uh, just got diagnosed with um, melanoma, uh, skin cancer on my yes. uh, right side ribs. And I got a nice um, six-inch uh, gash that they were able to get it all out of. I was just wondering if there is any uh, natural remedy uh, for melanoma. Um, actually, there's really no specific remedy for it, but we can enhance the function of the body. And uh, one nutrient that's been shown to be really, really effective in every type of cancer tested is uh, sulforaphane. Uh, or glucoraphanin. It is the um, most important active chemical in the brassica uh, vegetables in the cruciferous broccoli, Brussels sprouts group. And uh, in a supplement form, you can get about eight pounds worth of broccoli in a capsule um, equivalent um, in something called Oncoplex. Oncoplex is a, a great supplement to uh, provide that. And um, it really has been shown to improve outcomes in all forms of cancer. Uh, there's not one that I've seen a bad study on. It's not a cure, but what it does is help your body eliminate wonky cells. It triggers cell death in ones that aren't functioning well. And it also helps to clean up ones that could be salvaged. So um, Oncoplex, uh, sulforaphane, glucosinolate, excellent thing to do. But also um, uh, things that go along with that, resveratrol or um, uh, terostilbene, um, curcumin, green tea, um, all these things have a proactive effect towards uh, eliminating cancers from the body. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. And good luck with that. Um, I'm glad they got it all. All righty, and let's go to Jim. Good morning there, Jim. Yes, hi. Hi, Jim. You, uh, you're, you're so full of information, I have a hard time recording it all, and I hope you write some books soon. Uh, actually, I'm working on that. Yes, I'm. I'm going to be publishing. Yes, I'm. I'm excited. <laughs> Excellent. My question is, uh, well, it's twofold. Um, I guess I, I'm a type two diabetic, so I'm just wondering about preventing. Wait, wait, stop there. Wait, stop there. I don't like that. You have diabetes. You're a human. I've never met a diabetic. Are they three eyes, green skin, and antennae? <laughs> I don't like right. labels like that. <laughs> good. Good. I don't either. I don't like it at all. So you have uh, yeah, diabetes. Recommendations for blood sugar control, and along with that, somebody that has hypertension as well, just uh, nutrient-wise. Uh, the first thing you need to add is magnesium. 
Magnesium is a great thing for that. And um, a, a good solid multivitamin that provides you all of these extras because vitamin, uh, or I mean, diabetes will um, overutilize many of your vitamins because you're under stress dealing with that. And so get a good multivitamin. Um, I use one called Active Nutrients. Um, it's got all the activated forms of the B vitamins. It's got really rational levels of them and it's got all the activated and chelated minerals that I'll talk about a bit later. Um, but that would be a good start. Magnesium is excellent. Chromium um, in form of a uh, glucose tolerance factor um, is a good thing, uh, up to 1200 micrograms. Vanadium, um, 10 micrograms of that a day can also uh, really help metab uh, uh, balance your sugar metabolism. Also, um, fish oil is a great thing. Okay. Yeah, and then the complication there is that I am a vegan, and so it is difficult to find sources. But uh, fish oil, is there, a, is there a vegan substitute in general that you think is useful? Algae-based DHA. But my, um, you have to take so much of it because um, it's low dose and it's very expensive. Um, the... Um, if you can find a uh, a way to eat fish oil, um, I would do that because it's it's more effective but and less expensive. But if you uh, can't, then I'd go for the algae-based DHA. DHA, okay. We'll check into that. Well, thank you. That's very helpful. Um, I have another question. Should I just stay on the line and give some – or my wife has a question. Should I stay on and let somebody else have a shout? Yeah. Or? Well, just tell me yeah, what your wife wants ahead. to know. You got the floor. Yeah. Yeah. You're on. Here she is. Okay. Hi. Hello there. Um, I wanted to find out, I know that you are against uh, Synthroid, okay? No, I'm not against Synthroid. You're not against Synthroid. Okay, I thought no. I had hurt really bad for you. No, Synthroid is actually fine. It's, it's levothyroxine. I don't like the fact that they poison all the Synthroid tablets with artificial colors. The only one that's not poisoned is the 50 micrograms. So if I use Synthroid, I have to have people use multiple doses of the 50 micrograms and break them up. Or I just move over to Tyrosynth, which is no extra dyes, no poisons in it. So okay. that's the only problem with, with, with Synthroid. Okay. Is it true that once you've been on Synthroid for 25, 30 years, your thyroid no longer works? On its own, I mean. It, it's, it's only true in that you've suppressed it unless you have a thyroid disease where the thyroid doesn't work anyway, which is the reason you're on the medicine. Some people are put on thyroid medicine inappropriately, and some people are put on it because their thyroid died. The people with inappropriate thyroid because they want to do it for weight loss or something back in their 20s may be able to get off of it, but it takes some time to train the thyroid to work again. Okay. Uh, Hashimoto's, that's what I was diagnosed with just like yes. two years ago. So, and Hashimoto's um, usually ends the ability of the thyroid to make hormones, so you probably will need replacement. Okay. So I should ask for 50 um, and then take as many 50s as possible. Okay. No, no. You should ask, actually get the right dose without dye in it. That's the, that's the way to do it. Okay. Okay. All right. And there's different ways to do it. That's the way I do it. But I think you need to talk to your doctor about that. Uh, yeah, um, I'm going to come see you. Thank you very much for everything. Okay. Have a great day. Bye-bye. 
Bye-bye. Well, that was great. And, um, yes, I've still got Roberto being very patient and Chris and Dave. But I also got an email from uh, Sean Canan, the Wizen host of the Tuesday Cafe at 10 o'clock here on WMNF. And he has uh, that the Westport Food Forest has a lot of Barbados cherry trees, and anyone can harvest them. And you can get to the Gulfport Food Forest. It's at uh, 25, well, 2500 or 2500 Beach Boulevard in Gulfport, Florida. So that's our little comment here. Let's That's go to wonderful. Yeah. Yes. It's a great way to get uh, your vitamins. It sure and is. Have fun. Get outside. Get vitamin D while you're at it. Yep. Hey there, Roberto. How are you? And thank you for your patience. Yeah. Uh, am I on? You're yes, on, sir. Roberto. Okay. Uh, I have a, a problem with uh, drinking uh, too much beer. And I uh, try to take, well, I have this book from National Geographic, which is about um, vitamin, uh, no, herbs, herbal remedies. And uh, it's a very helpful book. And uh, milk thistle is supposed to help with your uh, liver. And I do take B12. But I finally went to my doctor and I said, look, I, I, I'm I, trying to use my best, you know, uh, abilities to, to sequester the, the ability to want to drink beer. And he gave me a, a prescription for naltrexone. So I don't know if you know anything about that. I don't know if it disturbs things in, in the brain. And I'm going to have, you know, vivid nightmares and different things. Uh, I don't know, anything you can suggest? Well, I've seen a lot of people use uh, naltrexone without any kind of um, neurologic difficulties. But, um, yeah, and it may help with... Um, helping with your addiction to the alcohol because that's really the key um you need to get off of the alcohol because it's devastating one ounce a day can increase your risk of breast cancer and colon cancer yeah no i don't i don't have uh tips uh, or i mean uh, you know uh, female parts um so, yeah but you have a colon yeah 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 actually i'm going for a colonoscopy on the seventh so um, gotcha yeah. Uh, so yes. Good luck on um, abstention. I would look at just giving up that alcohol completely because you'll be much better off for it. Yeah, and they say with the naltrexone, um, you're supposed to stop, do the best you can to stop drinking for seven days, and then start the pills. And they say the pills are not a miracle. You'll still need therapy, basically like AA meetings. You need to speak to people in a group. You know, uh, therapy, basically. Um, yes, so you need some sort of support right? group. It would be really useful. Does that sound about right to you? That, uh, yes, it does. Um, and there are some other things you could do nutritionally, like some amino acids, like tryptophan and tyrosine may help keep your cravings down and help you feel better that way too. Um, I use a combination uh, or have used one from uh, uh, um, with a numerous uh, amino acids in it called um, Apicurb. It was to curb appetite, but it curbs any kind of appetite uh, for cravings for any kinds of things. Um, so yeah, there are really good combinations out there you can use naturally. Uh, milk thistle does help uh, protect your liver. So does N-acetylcysteine. Uh, selenium does too. So there's lots of good things you can do for that. But eliminating the toxin is the first thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be tough. But yeah, I'm sure a lot of people have gone through it. So it's, uh, I'm sure it's uh, doable. But I just, oh, and the other thing is with the naltrexone, uh, I asked my doctor, I actually went to the pharmacist and I said, is it a hard pill? And he said, yes. And I said, is it scored? I said, look, can I just take it easy and maybe just cut it in half and just see, 
that I don't get crazy nightmares or I can't sleep and, you know what I mean, hallucinate. Yes, uh, you could try that. Yeah, anything made from, you know, manufactured from some pharmaceutical company, I uh, I don't put a lot of faith in it. Like, it's a miracle thing, and I think they're just... Uh, I hear you. It, well, good luck on that people, task, Roberto. Take people off of uh, oxycodone as well, so, is what I heard. Yes, you know. yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, so uh, it's supposed to work the same way, so... Hey, uh, great show. Nice to talk to you. Thank you, doctor. Thank you. Have a great day. Okay, bye-bye. Okie dokie, and I've got Dave here. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, doctor. Hi, Dave. I just want to tell you a quick story real quick and see what you think. I had a 93-year-old Japanese man pull up my driveway with a plant. Asked me if I'd like it. He told me about it. He said they've been eating it for four centuries. That's why they're the longest living people in the world, and they drink it as tea and everything else. Well, I took the plant. I've been eating it now for two years to eat the leaves. It's called Ashataba. And I have had the best doctor reports. The doctor said, there must be somebody looking over you. I told him about it. He said he's going to study it. It's called Ashataba. Ashataba. Google says it's the leaf of longevity, the leaf of tomorrow. Everybody, oh, longevity spinach. Okay. Everybody should be eating this vegetable, and it's loaded with vitamin D complexes. I've been eating it for yes. two years, and I've got the best doctor report the doctor said I've ever had. Three years. That's ago. excellent. We had some ashitaba, or actually uh, the um, um, uh, longevity spinach in the yard. I think it got blown away with the hurricane. I'll have to go look. Um, a lot of yeah, stuff. A lot of the. How much about it? Is it truly a good plant? Basically, that's all I'm asking. Honestly, I, I think any day. dream. Any, I think any green plant you're eating is is good. Um, that that's a, a food plant. The dandelion greens. I mean, all these things really just are about getting you your nutrients. So yes, yeah, I think adding longevity is, spinach is great. The thing about it is, you just cut it off, stick it in the ground, and it grows. You ain't got a mess. Yes, with it all. I've got it yes. everywhere. Very I vital plant. And and twelve leaves a day, and that's it. And I've got the best report from my doctor. That's all. Fantastic. Good stuff. Great Thank story. You. Thank you. Great show. Thank you. Okay, and we've got uh, Chris on the line here. Good morning, Chris. Hey, good morning. Um, for Roberto, maybe uh, Kudzu root would help with uh, his cravings. I know it's good for alcoholism, but other cravings and addictions, people have said. Oh, yes, Kudzu I've heard that help. too. Yeah, um, even though there are only hamster studies that I found, but um, I've heard people. No, I've noticed when I took it uh, just because I like experimenting on myself that it just gave me a great ambition without anxiety. You know, helped me prioritize, make prioritize my list of things to do, and um, really, what I called about was. Uh, uh, melanoma. My father, I wanted to mention, uh, since the previous caller uh, has melanoma, um, I want to mention my father cured his with just flowing ozone over it. Uh, he just had a, uh, you know, the face mask with the oxygen that comes out. Well, the instead of oxygen, it was ozone, where the oxygen feeds the ozone generator to ionize it, making it O3 oxygen. And he would just strap that on the top of his head uh, where he had the melanoma or in his shoulder uh, while he's doing his um, clerical work. Uh, at his desk and and he didn't do any other kind of uh, treatment no surgery radiation chemo or well, how does he know it was melanoma if he didn't have surgery uh, i don't know well he went to a doctor i know he didn't have any surgery but he went back to the doctor and doctor was surprised uh I, I, do they need to do a biopsy are you saying yeah you can't really tell definitively if it's a melanoma without a biopsy 
if they didn't do a biopsy, it, it's interesting, yeah. and something changed there. Right. Maybe he did. He just uh, didn't get it treated with anything other than ozone. And, and um, this is a homemade uh, ozone generator that he used, but there are others out there, a lot of, a lot of good ones out there. Um, sure. I can't really do you have, it, um, but there's do a, you have any, um, I want to say oxygenhealingtherapies.com has a lot of good information and documents. Do you have any, um, do you have any uh, good info on vitamins or minerals today? Um, not, not, uh, not on vitamins and well, minerals, I guess right. uh, the, the best form of minerals would be, uh, ionic minerals, uh, you know, that I, I use, um, yeah, like those, I, those chelated ones water. that I use. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, chelated oh, minerals, yeah. um, stay away from the ionized so that they can get absorbed better. Um, ionic minerals not, are not necessarily the best absorbed because they attract too much water and can actually cause laxative effect even. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, I'm, yeah, I use uh, a water ionizer to ionize my minerals to, you know, dissolve. Amino acid, well. amino acid chelates are really the best absorbed. They get the most into your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do take supplements as well. So um, I don't know what the effect would be. I haven't tried one without the other. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I just take purified water. And uh, since pure water doesn't conduct electricity very well, to ionize it, then uh, I dissolve in about, um, bring it up to at least 30 parts per million, dissolve solids of Himalayan salt, with 90 plus minerals in it, and then pump it through my water ionizer. And, and uh, that's how I've been getting my ionic minerals instead of buying them. So here you know, I have the, the fresh electrostatic antioxidant charge and, you know, molecular hydrogen, um, I think you know about uh, that, uh, yes. you know, that um, is so antioxidant. It's the best antioxidant, it is the proton donor. Um, I love it. So, hey, I want to take the next caller because we're going to talk more about vitamins. Thanks, Chris. All right. Okay, thanks. Yeah, Peter. thank you there, Chris. Some great great points there. And let's go on off to Doug. We're down to about the last 10 minutes here. So, again, I'm going to give out the number. Continue calling on in at 813-239-9663 or send your emails to dj at wmnf.org. And you can be on the air like Doug. Hey there, Doug. Hey, how's it going? Seems how you're going talking well. about. Seems how you're talking about addiction. I, I got to ask a question for somebody. No, not for somebody. I know it's actually me. Um, I I have a major addiction to sugar. And is there anything other than pushaways that you could think of to assist? Because mine is so bad that if I have a drink of milk, I immediately in my head focus on cookies. Um, yeah, I think the so, best thing for you is abstention. Uh, go, um, yeah. just commit to a ketogenic diet for a while and then slowly work carbohydrates back into the point where you see when they trigger you and start with, you know, obviously complex carbohydrates, uh, before you ever add any sugar in. I, I did that for many years and then, uh, I, I succumbed to the power of the sugar. Ah, so you may need yeah. some more support. You might have, um, because of, of genetics or environment or uh, exposures, you might have imbalanced neurotransmitters. You may need something to help support your tryptophan or your, your, your serotonin, like tryptophan, or something to support your dopamine, like uh, tyrosine. Because um, if you have a good dopamine level, you have less craving. And what'd you call that for the, the dopamine? Tryzine? Uh, tyrosine, T Y R. O-S-I-N-E, and tryptophan, T-R-Y-P-T-O-P-H-A-N. Uh, those two molecules help support your neurotransmitter production and to keep it in balance because serotonin and, and dopamine balance each other out and keep people in a better mood and less craving. 
worth a try. I appreciate yes. it. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. And um, I've got uh, Celia on the line here. Good morning, Celia. Cecilia. Hi. Yes, it is Cecilia. Hi. Good morning. Thank you for taking Good. my call. Good day. Excellent. I just wanted a, your take on Thymix. And um, for someone who's borderline um, hypothyroid, uh, with hypothyroidism. And I'm not sure what you're asking about. Thymix? Uh, to, yes, to take Timex as um, a supplement. I don't know Timex. What is that? Uh, hmm. Um, it's a supplement I found that... How, how do you spell it? T-H-Y-M-E-X. Oh, okay. Oh, standard process. Let's see what's in that. Mm-hmm. So that will help support your healthy thymus gland. The thymus gland is your immune gland that is under your breastbone, above your heart, below your thyroid. Mm-hmm. So you want some immune support. Yes, um, for, you know, for just essentially not wanting to take any medicine. So I am looking at supplements that would help me because, I, again, I'm borderline. My numbers are always borderline. Um, borderline in what? Uh, for hypothyroidism. Well, this has nothing to do with your thyroid. Really? This has, to, this has to do with your thymus. The thymus is the immune gland underneath the thyroid in the uh, upper chest. So, it's, it's, okay. This has nothing to do with your thyroid. Uh, thyroid support would be in the form of iodine and tyrosine, um, ashwagandha and vitamin A, zinc and selenium. Okay. Well, thank you. I had read somewhere that Thymex would help, but thank you for... Um Taking that myth away. Yes, you're very welcome. Have a great day. I appreciate that. Thanks, Bobby. Uh-huh. Well, the lights just went dark on the phone board here. So as we're trucking on down to the last five, six minutes of the show, I'm going to give out the number one more time, and we may have time for one or two callers. It's number to call is 813-239-9663, or send your emails to dj at wmnf.org. So Jerry sent an email and he asked, is there a vitamin or supplement that can help with alcoholism? Well, I was talking about the Apicurb. Um, I think that amino acid support for your neurotransmitters, so your mood is better and your cravings are lower is, is useful. Uh, I've seen it help. Um, I think that um, abstention first, counseling in addition, support groups are all useful. Um, and even sometimes medication may be needed to help with that. And so, um, yeah, that's... Um, just a, a difficult situation to deal with. While you're doing that, though, um, a good multivitamin with the, the bees, especially thiamine and some milk thistle and N-acetylcysteine to help the liver do its detoxification. So um, fat-soluble vitamins, um, just starting them. Uh, vitamin E is the first one I want to mention. It's got five different forms. Um, it's got alpha, beta, delta, and gamma tocopherol. And it's got also alpha tocotrienol, um, all in the vitamin E family. And um, tocotrienol seems to be really, really, really useful at heart protection. But overall, um, we know that um, um, vitamin E is uh, helpful in neuropathy and multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's disease, vascular problems, diabetes, liver problems, dementia. Um, it's safe 
very safe. There has been some mention that possibly blood pressure would go up when using it. So monitor the blood pressure. And if on anticoagulants like um, 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 Zalat, not Zalatan, um, Zarelto um, or Berlinta or um, any of those uh, blood thinners like uh, um, Coumadin, Warfarin, you should watch um, how you're doing. If there's any extra bleeding, it could be because you're taking extra fish oil, or I mean extra vitamin E, because it does tend to make things a little more slippery. Sources, food sources, or actually uh, t doses, 100 units to 1,200 international units. In people that um, have clotting um, issues, 1,200 units can be useful if you don't want to take a clotting uh, uh, medicine, uh, but that's only if you don't have AFib. Wheat germ oil, um, sunflower seeds, safflower oil, almonds, sesame oil, peanut oil, olive oil, butter, spinach, and oatmeal all have vitamin E. I think we have collar. Um, I think I can take one. Well, you better be quick there, Carlos. We're down to the last few seconds of the show. What you got for us? Yeah. Yes, uh, good morning. Uh, question is, uh, tamsulosin and deuteride for prostate. I've taken it for three years now, but uh, I still get up a lot. During the night, I just wonder if there's any supplements, natural stuff. Well, it's a little off topic, but I would say the supplement for you is surgery. You probably need a prostate surgery to open it up since you failed at the medications after three years. Find a urologist who will help you out with one of the newer options that doesn't damage as much. And I think that does bring us down to the end. So um, next week, I think I'll be talking, I'll continue talking about the, the fat-soluble vitamins and the minerals, and then maybe move on into microbiome. Um, I will be broadcasting from Arizona and I may even have a surprise. I may have a guest. I'm not sure if it's going to happen, but it could be exciting. So I thank you all and I'll look forward to seeing you next week. Yeah, I'm always looking forward to a surprise and you have fun out in Arizona and I'm uh, reminding folks that and next week we're going to be doing the annual fun drive and look forward to folks calling on in to show support and love for the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey. And with that said, I want to thank um, everyone who did call on in and participate. And I want to thank uh, Greg for handling the phones. And until next Monday at 10 o'clock, y'all take care, stay safe. And everybody, y'all are the greatest. You've been listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. Coming on up is five minutes of NPR News and then the Sustainable Living Show hosted by the award-winning team of Kenny Coogan and Annie Yellis. Today they welcome to the show Lynn Barber and Julia Palaszczuk. They're here to give us the inside scoop on Florida-friendly landscaping. So until next Monday at 10 a.m., thank you for supporting and listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa, your community-conscious radio station. Stay safe. Stay thoughtful and know that you are loved.